0: Glory be to your name, Father God. Lord Jesus, we thank you tonight. We bless you. We praise your name for your goodness. We thank you for your faithfulness, your loving kindness, your tender mercies. O oh, Eternal King, Immortal, Invisible, the Only Wise God, unto your name alone we honour, glory, power, dominion. Thank you, Father, for the refreshing that comes from your presence. We honor and we bless you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Let me just read Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Um, It says, keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it spring the issues of life. That scripture in the Good News Translation says, your thoughts determine your life. And so, I just want to quickly go over one or two things from the teachings from last week, uh, particularly on the negative thoughts are not your thoughts. I received a text message this afternoon uh, from one of the people who are not at the meeting but have been listening to the tapes. So let me just read it to you. It's a good afternoon, sir. I'm on day four of your teaching, and I have to take the time to say thank you. I've been seriously battling so much over the past year with my thoughts against myself and others. I could go on and on and on, but I just wanted to say thank you I want. To, I just want to say thank God and thank you for being a willing vessel. May God continue to bless you, with and keep you. Truly appreciate you. Blah 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 blah. Anyway, so the point being, uh, at least for this individual and for many of us, even for me, uh, we are coming to recognize that negative thoughts do not originate from us. Uh, because the plan of the enemy is. For me and you to own those thoughts and believe it's coming from us. And so what happens is, as we fester on those thoughts, you feel like you have to do them. So you dislike this person. You dislike that person. You, you, uh, because the thought says, ah, this man, that woman. And, and, and you just buy it. Amen? Yeah. So God wants you and I to have a healthy um, mindset. And uh, the only way we can do that is through the power of the Holy Spirit and believing that we in fact indeed have the mind of Christ. And anything else that comes at us that is not consistent with the mind of Christ, that you immediately reject it. I cannot emphasize that if you don't reject it, And you ponder on it long enough, you're gonna find yourself pulled to doing it. It always begins with a thought, a seed thought. Uh, So let's 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 go, let's read an example. Numbers 13, I believe it is. And then I'm just gonna take some questions if you have any. Numbers 13. Uh, let's from verse one, number thirteen and one. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, "Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers, you shall send a man; every one a leader among them." So, so the idea of sending men to go spy the land. God is sending them to go spy the land so that they can be encouraged to see for themselves the confirmation of what God has promised, that this is a land flowing with milk and honey. Yeah. Amen? So then, verse 3, so Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran, according to the command of the Lord, all of them who are heads of the children of Israel. Don't forget, don't forget that God had already promised these people I'm bringing you out to take you in. That's God's word to them. I'm bringing you out from where? From bondage. I'm bringing you out of that bondage. And my goal is to bring you into the promised land. They have the assurance of God that He began a work and He will finish or perfect it. And already they have seen how God delivered them from Egypt through his mighty hand. They could not have done it on their own. God brought them out. So now they are the doorstep of their destiny. They are knocking on the front door of the promised land. And God says, take a pause, send men out to go see, it, so you can verify that where I'm taking you is exactly what I said it would be like. Amen? You fallen so far? Good. So, let me just jump uh, verse 27 Numbers 13, 37. Numbers 13 verse 27 then they told him and said we went to the land where you sent us it truly flows with milk and honey and this is its fruit nevertheless the people who dwell in the land are strong the cities are fortified and very large Moreover, we saw the descendants of Enak there, the Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against these people for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out saying, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Enoch came from the giants and we were like grasshoppers in our own side. And so we were in their side. Now, this, that verse 33 is a, is a very serious thing. So this man that God had redeemed brought out of Egypt that God had purposed to take to the promised land who went to spy this promised land and came back with the fruit of it and said indeed, indeed this place is good. But because they saw these giants in the land, they made a deduction that we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. Where did they get that from? Where did they get it from that they were like grasshoppers? Of all, of all things. You know how tiny a grasshopper is? As compared to human being? What gave them that kind of inferiority complex? Because this idea of being like grasshoppers was not a part of God for them. God did not tell them they were grasshoppers. This is something totally external, that came out, that came at them from without. Yeah. And so today for us, the corresponding thing will be a job interview. Before you even go through the door, are <laughs> you already saying to yourself, I'm not qualified for this job. I cannot get this position. Why? I don't have the qualification. I'm not I'm not black, I'm not all kinds of things. Business proposition for which you think because you don't have X, Y, Z, you immediately automatically tell yourself, you can do it. It is important for you and I not to accept, even if they saw giants in the land, it's God I told them to go could they have come out of Pharaoh's house on their own? No. God had had already done the impossible. Pharaoh's, I mean, Egypt's army at that time was the strongest army in the whole world. And yet God brought them out and defeated Pharaoh and his army. Supernaturally. So I guess what I'm trying to say to us tonight is we have to constantly remind ourselves, number one, your salvation was a supernatural thing. You did not get born again in your own power, in your own might, by your own effort. It was a supernatural, divine orchestration of the Holy Spirit. So if God saved you, the same power of God that saved you is the power of God that will keep you. So in whatever situation we are in, whatever we are thinking, whatever we are going through, whatever has happened to us, We must maintain the sanctity of the mind of Christ. Because truly, scientists have proven, and we said this on Tuesday night when we first did this, that 87 to 95% of all current mental and physical illness comes from our thought lives. I didn't realize that. And that each one of us processes in a daily basis 50,000 and 60,000 thoughts. That's unbelievable. Amen? Amen. So negative thoughts do not come from you. Second example, and then I'm going to, if I have any questions, I'm going to let you ask me. Second Second Corinthians 11. Second Corinthians 11. Paul was giving the uh, example of what happened with uh, Eve. Second Corinthians chapter 11. Verse 2 says, for I am jealous for you with godly jealousy. For I have betrothed you to one husband that I may present you as chaste virgin to Christ. He goes on to say, but I fear, lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by craftiness, so your mind, you see that word, mind, your mind may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. So Eve was not deceived by something that was in her, but she was deceived by something that was outside of her, a serpent. The serpent did not live inside of her. The serpent was something that was outside of her, talking to her. Just like our circumstances circumstances talk to us today. Shouldn't you find yourself talk to you? Your friends talk to you. Your parents talk to you. Your spouses talk to you. And so the point is, Paul was using this as an illustration that the serpent, using craftiness, deceived, corrupted Eve's mind. Eve was created in God's likeness and in his image. But the serpent tried to convince her that she was not perfect, that she was not like God. That she needed to do something other than what God had already done to make her feel like God. And she believed it. Negative thoughts always come as a result of me and you believing a lie about God, about ourselves, and about other people. One of those three things. Amen? But whenever we have these thoughts, whether it's a fear, whether it's guilt, whether it's condemnation, whether it's an accusation, it can come in any number of ways. Our responsibility is to shut it down by saying, not today, devil. Not today. I'm not going to buy that today. Not today, devil. Why? I have the mind of Christ. I'm meaning the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Not today. You have to exercise your right to make that declaration. It's not going to just go automatically. It's not going to happen. You have to exercise the, You know who you are, who God has made you. Uh, what God has made you, how he has made you, you know your identity. That's what I'm looking for. You know who you are, the true identity in Christ, and you need a declaration. For example, Luke chapter 4. Jesus was in the devil being tempted of the Satan came and spoke to him. Jesus just didn't lay down their passively and say, Well, I'm the son of God. I'm just you're gonna go away. No, he had to speak back. He spoke back. The enemy came with one attack, he countered with through the power of the spoken word. So what I'm saying to us is it's not enough to just believe that God loves you. It's not enough to just believe that you have the mind of Christ. You must declare what you believe. And until you declare it, your faith is not activated. The word of God is nigh unto our mouth. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10. You have to make that declaration. You must say to this mountain, Jesus said. So in a given day, in any given day, people should be hearing you say, not today, devil. <laughs> you just walk and say, not today, devil. They say, well, who is he talking to? <laughs> On any given day, at any given time. Not today, devil. No. We are not doing business. No, not today. No access. Access denied. Not today. Not today. You must be actively saying The more you say it, the less power that thing has about your, your life. The less by has a while. After a while, he say, I've lost this battle, let me try something else. All the promises of God are yes and amen. The yes belongs to him, the amen belongs to us. Amen? Okay. Any questions? Anybody has any questions? So, they give negative thoughts, not your thoughts. Do we understand that concept? Yeah. All right. No problem. <laughs> okay. So we're talking
1: about having a lot of
2: They have already stated these are the qualifications for the job. Yes. You have some of them, not all of them, but you can do the job. So, do you, with your faith, do you go ahead and apply for the job saying, I'm going to get this job, or do you not apply?
0: Okay. This is where it starts. First of all, why am I applying for that job? Because I have the mind of Christ. I have talked to Jesus about it. Mm -hmm. That's where it starts. Are, Are you guys hearing what I'm saying? You just don't presume to apply for the job Mm -hmm. not having talked to him. Because the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. So I would have had a conversation with Jesus. I need a job. Open a door. Show me where you want me to be. It's a conversation. And so now when he now tells you to go to that job, Mm -hmm. not this one, but that job. Mm -hmm. Now when you go to that job, you are going there armed with the confidence that he has spoken. Hebrews 13, 6. And because he has spoken, I can boldly declare. If he has not spoken, and you just go and try to exercise the faith, you're on your own. Say no more. I got you. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because it's very important as believers to understand we're, we're in union with him. You are not just alone, you are in union with him. And he says, my sheep hear my voice. And the voice of a own." So, so you must have confidence in the fact that you are in him and it's in you. You are in, you are in union. And therefore, he wants to talk to you and you want to talk to him. So it is out of that interaction that you move, that you take actions. Yeah.
3: Yes, Yeah. Yeah, just to buttress uh, what Pastor has said with something much more practical. Yeah. When my wife graduated from college, all she wanted to do was work in the bank. And after, bef- after that, we just got married at the time. And so I told, so she couldn't find a job in the bank. And she has all the connections that you can think of to get a job in the bank, but it never worked. So and I now told her, did God actually tell you you should be working in the bank? <laughs> or it's just something you want? And she told me, oh, the Bible says whatsoever you desire. You know, this is, and I'm like have you talked it over with God but she had not talked it over with God but here's the, here's the thing that happened huh. she went and I convinced her to get some other job rather than staying at home just sitting at home without doing anything so she got another job. The funny thing about the job is that the job was not even, the job was not paying enough to cover her transportation Wow so we had to uh, we had to argument it from you know my own income and all of that so Um, she started working in this place and the guy did not treat her very well. So the guy laid her off before, you know, it was time for her to be laid off. Somebody within that organization now got angry and mad and said, why would you just treat somebody like that? How do you just tell somebody? How do you just let them lose? And the person now gave her some name of somebody that she needs to go and represent, to go and, you know, replace, just, you know, act as a, you know, stand-in person for the person who was going on, on vacation. But somebody now came back and told her there was an interview she was looking for somebody to fill for the job. And she didn't tell her what it was. But I told her, somehow I told her, something in me tells me this is your job. I was the one that went, you know, did everything, made all the arrangement. And guess what? By the time she got to the place, it was a bank. And in this bank, she spoke to the managing director or the CEO of the bank. And she was like, okay. Uh, she called me and said, oh, it's a bank. How much do you think I should ask them for this? And so we're trying to negotiate what kind of price we you know, what kind of, you know, amount she was going to earn and all of that. But the guy didn't even interview her. The guy just told her, wrote something on a piece of paper and pushed it to her. It was a salary. And he said, will this be enough for you? Uh-uh. What, what she wanted, what we planned that she was going to say, well, when I was talking to her on the phone, right? <laughs> Was what they were going to pay her a month? What she was, what she wanted to end in a year, was what she what they offered her a month. Wow. All right. And guess what the position was? She's never had any experience. She's never had anything. She was a uh, what, revelation. What's your role here? You are the you are the PA to the to the CEO, right? Okay. She got it. She got the job without experience. PA to the CA, CEO of the bank. Right on the spot there. So. Just to buttress what you're saying, sometimes it's not your qualification, it's not what you want to do, but it has to be in tandem with what God wants.
0: In, in fact, in fact, qualifications are important, yeah. very, very important, but they are not what gets you through the doubt. Yes. Yes.
1: What's for you is for you. So if the Lord, if that is what where God wants you to be, then that is what He's going to bless you with. But it's whatever is for you is for you.
0: Amen. So it's very, very important that we should pursue qualifications. I mean, whatever certifications you need, I think it's important to to have them. But also understand and keep in mind that there are many other people that have the certifications and qualifications. But it's the choice that God makes that's, that stands. Yeah, because if we don't understand that, sometimes we're in a position when we think our qualification got us there. And then we will not honor God. Because we think, at the end of the day, is the one that does it. I wish Brother Charles would share his testimony one of these days. Charles oh. <laughs> said, Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, God is the one that's that's doing it. So, there's a scripture here in Proverbs 16, verse 3. Let me read it from the Amplified, which which is a real blessing. It says, roll your works upon the Lord. Commit and trust them wholly to him. He will cause your thoughts to become agreeable to his will. And so shall your plans be established and succeed. So, whatever things you desire... When you pray, you believe that I receive them. You commit your plans to God. Father, I like to work in the bank, or I like to uh, work as an aeronautic engineer, or I like to work uh, with United Airlines. I like to work at NASA. You, you just commit these things to Him, and pray and pray and pray and pray. And then, what the Bible is saying is, God, in time, will cause your desire or your will to become aligned with Him. And the way that what happens with that is. Okay, so you're planning to be a school teacher, and it may, over time, deal with your heart, and you you just wake up one morning and say, oh, wow, I want want to be an engineer. And you just wonder how that happened. You've committed your works to him. He now causes your will to be aligned with his ways. So God has a way of changing or uh, causing us to, uh, to, to make the transition if and when he wants to do that. Uh, or to confirm that what you're praying about is what I want, and then it's going to open the door and guide you through that door. But the, but the important thing is knowing that you are not alone, that you are in union with him. It's a very, very, very tangible union that if we fully understand that and believe that, we'll be having conversation with Jesus all day long. All day long. It's just like having someone else with you as you are walking around. That's what it is. It's a very, very, very tangible Union. Yes. Anybody else? I got one more. Fine. Fire on. <laughs> okay. So,
2: you've been praying about a situation. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to stay in your faith. And it appears in your natural eye that it's you right there at the brink of the breakthrough. Mm-hmm. Why does it seem like so much chaos is coming through as well when you write that at the breakthrough?
0: Because before the breaking up the dawn, there's also always darkness. The darkest hour comes before dawn. Have you ever noticed that? <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. The, 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 the chaos is to confuse you or distract you from where you're going. So you have to be laser-focused. You know where you're going, and no matter all the noise around you, you totally ignore that and just stay on the straight and narrow. But for a person that has no clarity of purpose, when all that noise and all that chaos starts start coming up, you get distracted, you take your eyes off the ball. What happened to Peter? Jesus said to him, "Come." He started walking on water, and the Bible says when he took his eyes off him and started looking at the storm, he started to sink. That's exactly the same thing that happens to us. So, the chaos you cannot you can't control that. There will be chaos. Things will happen. But my goal and your goal is Hebrews twelve two, looking unto Jesus, the Author. And the finisher of your faith. You have to keep your eyes on him. He's the pattern. He's the one you are following. Not the chaos. You can't stop the noise that's coming out around you. But you can definitely focus on Jesus. Say, Jesus, I'm following you. I'm following you. And even if I go through the chaos, what did David say? Yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. Why? For that, that, they comfort me. So in the midst of the chaos. The comfort and consolation that we have is Jesus' presence. Remember? You are with him. That's the most, if, if we just keep that in mind, that wherever you are, whatever you're doing, he's with you and you're with him. You're safe. That's why the mind of Christ is the mind of perfect peace. You're at peace. You're at peace. Those, those disciples were sleeping in sheep. I mean, no, they were not sleeping. He, Jesus was sleeping in sheep. The storm was carrying the boat. Careless, not that we perish? And the master is in the boat. Can you imagine that? (laughs) What what, what kind of storm would destroy a boat where Jesus is sleeping? That has to be the safest boat on the planet. (laughs) But those guys, they were afraid. Why? They were looking at circumstance. And the man just barely woke up and said, peace, be still. And went back to sleep. And the calm rule all over, all over the world. So it's the same thing with you, with, you, with you and I. We have to be settled in the knowledge of knowing Jesus is with us. He like, said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Lo, I'm with you until the end of the ages. What more chance do we need? So it's just constantly reminding ourselves that he's with us. And just stay on the on the channel. Now, now it, it, that does not guarantee. That does not mean everything will always be the way you it. But you know that whatever the outcome is, it's going to please him. Mm-hmm. That's the important thing. Amen. Mm-hmm. How are you doing? I'm struggling over here. I actually have a question. It's good to have you this evening.
2: So last year, I decided to leave my full-time job. I prayed about it, and I said, you know, God, I really want to start my business. Um, I know this is what you want for me. And I left my full-time job, and I started my business. Two weeks later, I got a call (laughs) about a full-time job that I did not apply for. But the idea of the job, the role, and the qualifications is what I guess, distracted me and I took the job and I laid my eyes off of my business and I left my full-time job saying, God, I'm gonna trust you, I know you're gonna provide and I kind of felt like that was a test, right? Because here I am, I'm leaving my full-time job saying I'm gonna trust you and then two weeks later I'm presented with another job that I accept and now I'm in chaos at this job. (laughs) (laughs) So now, everything that you just said is confirmation, right? Like, I'm sitting here wrestling with myself because I knew that I took my eyes off of him. And I knew that, you know, he allowed me to leave that job because he was going to always be with me. And so now when you mention the chaos, it all makes sense to just keep your eyes on God and believe in him because he's with you regardless.
0: Absolutely. So that was my statement. Amen. <laughs> what, what kind of business were you thinking of starting?
2: So I'm a clinical therapist, so I have a private practice in Marietta. I do therapy. I see children, adolescents, and adults.
0: Okay. All right. So do you see how it is desire to go back and do the private practice or?
2: So I'm actually doing both. <laughs> ah. Okay. So I, I'm, I'm trying to do everything. And so I don't know why I'm stretching myself so much, honestly. But yeah,
0: good. Praise God. Just, just, just continue to talk to Him. Continue to talk to Him, and um, he will guide you. That's His commitment. Yeah, the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord, and uh, you know, my sheep hear my voice, and the voice of the sinner they will all follow. Um, uh, as far as meeting your needs, God is committed to that. The issue just is, we have to be mindful that is meeting our needs, not just for us. I think that's that's the part where most Christians really get sidetracked. Uh, we start making big money, and income start coming. Uh, we think of everybody but God. Yeah. So, uh, he said to Abraham, Genesis chapter twelve, verse three: "I will bless you so that you can be a blessing." So we need to understand that the blessings of God that come through us, well, I said the blessings of God that come to us is to come through us. So that through us, God can meet the needs of us. Make sure that you do that if you understand that concept. Amen. Good. If there's nobody else, we can just pray. Oh, yes, please give her the mic. Is it hard in here? Or is it just me? Yeah.
1: Actually, actually, I wanted to say this uh, on Sunday, but uh, there was no chance to say okay. Yes. Uh, about the mind of Christ. Yes, there. The mind of Christ is so beautiful. Then, when I think about the mind of Christ, I always think about David.
3: Hmm.
1: Because the mind of Christ has to be full of mercy and forgiveness. When you say you have a mind of Christ, at the back of your mind, you have to have, your life have to be full of mercy. Because you don't know, you have to show mercy unto others. Because you don't know when you will need that mercy and somebody will show it to you. When you look at the life of David, you find out that He's a man that is full of mercy and forgiveness. That's the really what we should call the mind of Christ. When he was supposed to kill Saul, he said, No, I will not touch the anointed man of God. The another instance was when he invited Mercy mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah, when he invited him to be with the king, he said, yeah. Go to the house of Saul. Yeah. And if there's anybody you find there, sh- let me show you mercy. Correct. So the mind of Christ should be full of mercy. Yep. And forgiveness.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's that's where, I think one of those days we covered the mind of Christ is the mind of perfect love. Mm-hmm. That's where that comes from. And we define that love as being kind and patient. Definitely. That's really, that's, that's, that's the two definitions of love from 1 Corinthians. The other things that were mentioned are just the uh, what that love does or does not do. But the principal definition of love is kindness and patience. And that speaks exactly to what you're t- talking about. Uh, I think with David, there was another that case when he, was leaving, when he was running away from the throne because of the threat of Absalom. Shimei came there to curse him out. Throw rocks at him and curse him. And the men around said, well, can, shall we cut off his head? He said, no, no, leave him alone. So who knows, maybe God is the one that's allowing him to do it. Wow. <laughs> Unbelievable, man. Yeah, but it's true. It's true. Uh, so uh, Christ is the essence of who God is. And we said that for God so loved the world, He gave only begotten son. Even to the world that don't care about God. He still gave his son. So there's no end to that. Yeah. So definitely, mercy and loving kindness is incredible. Uh, indices to know if we are walking in the mind of Christ. There's no, there's no doubt about the unending mercies of God that we receive. And I think I've said this before and over and over again. There's no way you can say you receive grace if you're not given grace. It's not possible. That you receive grace and you're not giving, I mean, somebody's giving you free favor, that you didn't deserve, you didn't earn, you, you didn't merit. And the next time somebody offends you, you want to kill them? Tell them where to go. Something's wrong with that equation. So the grace is freely given, but the point is, have we, have we really truly embraced it? Yeah. When we truly embrace it, you are not looking at what's been done to you. That's not how you, that's, that's not how you look at the solution. Instead, you're looking at what you've received so freely that now humbles you to where you're able to reciprocate by being able to give away give, give so freely. I listen, personally I remind myself of that all the time. All the time. It's very helpful. To just remember that if, I, if it had not been for God, you would not be, you would not be sitting down here right now. And therefore, no matter what anybody has done now, am I saying it's not painful? No, It's painful. It's painful, but you receive the grace to say, God, as painful as this is, when I remember the pain you went through for me, help me in this area. And the more you say it out, the easier it becomes to do. The more you invite Jesus to help you and you speak it out, the less that offense has any power to sting you. That's what happens. So, Father, we want to thank you for our time together tonight. Again, Lord Jesus, we acknowledge, we confess that negative thoughts do not belong to us. They do not originate from us. We thank you, Lord Jesus, because you have given us the mind of Christ. You told us that our thoughts determine our life. And so, Lord, we propose to keep our hearts with all diligence. We attend unto your words. We incline unto your sayings. We do not let them, let them depart from our face. We heed them in the midst of our heart. Because they are life unto us and health and medicine to all of our flesh. And so, for that, we thank you for your word. We receive your word. We thank you for the mind of Christ. The grace gift you've given us. That we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And so, Lord, we reject every negative thought. We recognize they are toxic. They are sent to destroy our lives, to destroy our relationships. And so, Father God, in Jesus' name, we just reject them right now. In the name of Jesus. They don't belong to us. They don't originate with us. We embrace the mind of Christ. We thank you that we have the mind of Christ. And so, Lord God, in Jesus' name, that mind is perfect peace for us. It's perfect love for us. In the name of Jesus, we thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that as we meditate on this word and meditate on this teaching, we're going to find the reality of having to live on and through the mind of Christ. Our relationship will be better. Our lives will be stress-free. We will live a life without anguish, without anxiety, without worries. Father, in the name of Jesus, with the peace of God that passes all understanding because we have the mind of Christ. We do not live in fear. We do not live in worry of any kind in the name of Jesus. We reject worries of any kind. Worry over finance. Over our spouses, whatever over our children, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Thank you, Father God, that your mind for us is healthy finances, healthy living, healthy relationships, healthy growth, Father, in the name of Jesus. We thank you for a good night's rest. We thank you for joining Moses as we go home. We bless your name, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen. So the...